This ad is brought to you by Mary Babylon with Paparazzi Accessories. Hey Alyssa, have you heard of Paparazzi Accessories? No, I haven't, but I've been dying for some new items to enhance my wardrobe. Well, listen to this. I know this cool chick who's an independent consultant for Paparazzi. Their stuff is so pretty. They have fashionable, high-quality bracelets, rings, earrings, you name it, they've got it. And guess what? The best part is that all of their jewelry is $5, and the kids' items, just a buck. Holy shit, only $5? Girl, I'm about to buy this whole website out. I'm telling you, me too. Mary's out of Covington, Georgia, and she's been in business for four years. You can host a party on her website to get one free $5 piece of jewelry for every 10 $5 pieces sold. She even ships nationwide. If you mention this ad, you can learn about free jewelry opportunities. You can find her on several social media platforms. First, her Instagram at Mary's $5 Habits. She also has a website, www.paparazziaccessories.com slash Mary Babylon Paparazzi 50725. She's also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Mary Babylon Paparazzi 50725. Paparazzi is spelled P-A-P-A-R-A-Z-Z-I. Mary Babylon, M-A-R-Y-B-A-B-Y-L-O-N. This ad is brought to you by Ashley Clark at Farmer's Home Furniture in Covington, Georgia. Brooke, have you ever heard of Farmer's Home Furniture? Uh, yeah. I bought my entire bedroom suit, my coffee table, and my TV from there. Well, listen to this. So, Ashley Clark is an independent saleswoman for Farmer's Home Furniture. She is well-informed on everything that they sell there, so you know you're going to get exactly what you need to for your home. She's super up-to-date on today's home decor aesthetic. Not to mention, she's super dope. This is the Farmer's in Covington, right? Like, in the Ross Pargan lot? Yep. You can find her at 3197 Elm Street, Covington, Georgia, 30014. Ask for Ashley Clark at Farmer's Home Furniture, Wednesdays through Saturdays. Hey, juicers. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Brooke. And this is For God's Sake, Don't Drink the Jones Juice. Welcome back to episode 12. Yeah. Today we kind of have, um, <clears throat> not only do we have two really good episodes, I mean, stories to tell you guys, but we also would like to start this out with um, some interesting news Brooke found out today. Yes. Um, so I told you guys that are on our Facebook group page that I had something uh, kind of conspiracy related that I'd be sharing with you um, tonight. So let's talk about this. Um, I showed this to Alyssa when she got here. Um, she has a picture of it on her phone, um, as do I. So today um, I've we've been having some issues with um, our air conditioning upstairs. So a client of ours, which I'm sure um, most of you have heard or probably know that I own a tattoo shop, but uh, a guy that gets tattooed at the shop came over to help me fix the air conditioning issue, which we got fixed. Thank you, Blake. Um, me and Alyssa are not 
sweating to death up here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, um, if you guys are from, you know, Georgia, Atlanta, Covington, you know, anywhere in Georgia, I'm sure you are familiar with Grady High School. Um, it's a high school in Atlanta, been around for years and years and years. Well, Mr. Blake here um, was working at the school recently. I'm not sure if it was probably within the last few weeks or so. And he noticed that the school had done some like mural, uh, like wall art um, outside the school. Well, I've got a picture of it here because when he told me the story, I was like, holy crap, like I have to know about this. Send me this picture. Um, I'm going to let kind of Alyssa, you know, help me to describe this photo. I will have it posted uh, to our Facebook page, of course, and our Instagram. Um, but basically, this is a mural that a uh, senior in 2019 um, painted on an outside, I guess, like a concrete wall. Um, the picture shows what looks like, I don't know, like, <clears throat> condos, I guess you would say. And uh, there's several of them um, with several windows. Uh, there's a like a blue sky with clouds background. And there is what looks to be a woman, I don't know, woman, man in a hospital gown in front of these condos. And this person has on a respirator mask that is connected to a bonsai tree on like a, I don't know, what, like a push table I guess. of some sort. <laughs> you guys just have to see this to, to, to kind of get the gist of it. Um, but it gets worse. Okay. So uh, on one of these condos, uh, like porch railing, there are several uh, different countries flags. Um, I see the United States, Japan, UK, uh, France, it looks like. There's about... I don't know, 12 different countries, uh, uh, uh flags. Um, besides that, uh, if you look below the woman or the man with the respirator mask attached to the bonsai tree, um, there is a door and the door, the, the house number, I guess, of this particular condominium is 2021. Um, also very strange. This makes this even more eerie if you're not catching my drift. The name of this particular uh, mural is called Error 404 Mural Not Found. Creepy, creepy. When he showed me that part, I just got like goosebumps. So Blake says he's kind of looking at this and he's like, you know, it just struck him as like, what the hell is this? Like, it's almost like the person, the senior in high school that that painted this mural. Um, if I didn't know any better, I would say, wow, like they predicted something crazy. Yeah, like, definitely. Why does this person have a mask on? Why, you know, error 404 mural not found? Um, Blake's, uh, I guess, opinion on the matter is he says that he thinks uh, that, okay, so well, let me back up a little bit. So he asked the assistant principal of Grady High School, like, hey, dude, like, have you ever not thought this was a little weird? And basically, the assistant principal was like, 
I've never really paid attention to it. But now that you say that, like, yeah, that that's kind of a strange mural like that. It, it's very eerie. And uh, so Blake's uh, kind of idea of what he thinks this is about is that he says um, that he thinks that the person that did this uh, is a spy and that they were trying to tell us something. There are definitely things in here that it's kind of like ding, ding, like, hmm. Um, also, it looks as if the person in the respirator mask, in my opinion, is of Asian descent. And he also asked the assistant principal, um, you know, where the girl was from. Well, the girl was also of Asian descent, which it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of strange. Uh, we've got this coronavirus stuff coming, you know, going along, which originated in, you know, Asian countries. And uh, this young lady did this mural that is describing a lot of what's going on with our country right now. And it is just super eerie and super creepy. And again, I will be posting this picture and I would love your guys thoughts, because it is just nuts. Um, also, beneath these condominiums it looks like there are some words i can't like really zoom in and see it but Alyssa and i did kind of uh i guess figure out what they said um Alyssa, what it was golden rooster yeah um like it translates to the golden rooster which means oh uh, i don't remember like, i think it meant something about like happiness good or luck or something good luck like yeah and also, if uh, you're not familiar with what the bonsai tree means, it basically relates to like health and happiness and that kind of thing. So I don't know. It's just, it's super eerie. And uh, really, you just kind of have to see it to kind of get a feel for just the strangeness of it. So um, I don't know, just with everything going on in the world today, I'm just kind of like, uh, why has nobody else said anything about this strange mural? Um, why has nobody, you know, put this out there? Why is it not viral? Um, so yeah, I just, I wanted to let you guys know this. I wanted to show you and, uh, kind of get your thoughts on it, but it is just bizarre being that this young lady did this two years ago and it is relating so much to what's happening in our world now. You know what? I think one of the most notable things about this mural is what's that. So, you know, you have like the condominiums or whatever mm-hmm. and um the person who has the respirator mask on connected to the tree mm-hmm. that's on the rolling cart they're pushing that little rolling cart mm-hmm. but like they're floating yeah there's not like a road yeah they're literally like floating in front of the condominiums. It's like they're stepping on like solid ground, but there is no solid ground that's drawn or painted or whatever. And the cart's floating as well. Yeah, the cart and the person are floating. Mm-hmm. And um, what do you gather from that? I don't know. Honestly, I was kind of wondering like, is this person dead? Hmm. Because the person is the only thing that's in black and white. Everything yeah. else has color. And then their respirator mask is connected to the tree and the tree is colorful Mm -hmm. and they're pushing um, the tree on the cart through the air. Yeah. I just think that having 
the person just black and white mm-hmm. um it should simple some symbolize something because that makes sense i guess the part the part that just gets me is that error 404 mural not found and yeah. if you are familiar with atlanta the area code for atlanta is 404 so that is scary to me it's almost like this mural will not be found maybe in 2021 i know so i would love to get your guys thoughts on it we will be posting after you know we uh release this episode and let us know what you think blake thinks that uh this person that did this mural is a spy and he thinks that uh spies are being used in the form of our children so that's that's his thoughts on the matter I also want to know what the, like, under the last four buildings, there's a mushroom and, like, uh-huh. a flower pot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? I want to get there and investigate further. Like, I want to be able to get right up on it and take close-up pictures. Uh, the picture I have is not the best. It's just kind of hard to zoom in. Um, but I want to get down there. And, you know, it's like Blake said, he's like, look, like nobody's in Atlanta right now. Everything's closed down. So maybe just people haven't even seen it, you know? So I don't know. I just thought that was super odd and super uh, creepy and uh, something kind of conspiracy related for you guys. And I wanted to get your thoughts on it. So if you notice also the sky from left to right, like in, it gets like so it starts darker and then it gets darker and then it like turns like a pinkish color yeah that's very weird i want to meet this person and ask them wtf i want to know who did it but the crazy thing is i googled and i googled and i couldn't find any information on this mural yeah you would think there would be a picture somewhere or something there's not they had um i i read a few articles of some of the other different murals but not this one right and it is definitely very relatable yeah i right know yeah also if you guys know what bar fox is two of the buildings so like the building with all the flags on it has at the very bottom it's like a black edge and then there's like a mushroom and some flower pots and a and like on the black edge it says bar fox and then on the building next to it it's the same kind of thing and it also says bar fox and then the next two buildings um they're another language yeah we assume they're spanish um and uh they they say like translated the golden rooster so if you have any like insight about what either of those could be we would like to know we i mean i did a search but it was more like a very um it's a very vague yeah so yeah there's that it's a very interesting, very interesting. It really is. It uh, definitely got me when he showed me. I was just like, ooh, super eerie. Yeah, just, it's weird. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's also like something in the top, like the very last building in the top left window. Let me take a look at that. Let's see. I've already put my phone away. In the top left window. Oh, I see that. Like a shadow of some sort. Yeah. Hmm. Very weird. Very weird. Wow. And like everything is closed. Except for one door. Except for one, like one building that has a door on it. I feel like there is definitely some kind of symbolism in this. I mean, 2019, who would have ever thought to 
paint a person with a mask on. You know what else is kind of notable? What? The part that says error 404, mural not found. Mm -hmm. They painted that second. Mm -hmm. Because you can tell at the very edge, like where it splits off, that there's white like paint marks going into that yellow building. Like why would they paint that one white first Mm -hmm. if they knew that the other side was going to have a bunch of color on it? Wow. Yeah. I don't know, guys. (laughs) I'd love to hear your thoughts. And if you know who did this mural, tell her to contact us. Yeah, we'd like to have a word with her. I mean, usually you would think as well that like the artist would like put their name on it. Right? Mm, Yeah. So that's odd. That is odd. But yeah. Super weird, guys. So there's that. Um, Just kind of interesting. And creepy. (laughs) I really do want to go take a look at this in person. I do too. Like I want to take pictures like. Yeah, of every little area. Yeah. So that you can zoom in better. Because this is just the, like the whole entire mural that we mm-hmm. have. So when it, you zoom in, it kind of gets blurry. Very and... blurry, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we should definitely do that soon. Absolutely. We will do it. And we'll let you guys know what we found. And if anybody gets to explore it before we do, we'll let us know. Take <laughs> pictures and post them. Or yeah. send them, whichever one. Yeah. So crazy times also we're not saying coronavirus is not real because it is oh absolutely we're not those kind of conspiracy nut jobs it definitely is real i just wonder if yeah i won't even say too much (laughs) (laughs) take what you take what you uh what you get from that yeah so it's um it's just um it's just a crazy coincidence that something would happen before the pandemic absolutely that's all we're saying yeah yeah well i guess we'll dive right into the story huh all right sounds good to me so i have a big one this evening guys it's a big one and it's pretty recent um what i will be covering is chris watts and the watts family murders get ready to cry oh And I'm just going to say this flat out. If there is a motherfucker I hate more than anyone on this planet, it's Chris Watts. (laughs) Okay. This sorry sack of shit. Yeah. He's a character. So this has been on my list uh, since we started this whole thing. But I've just been kind of holding off because it's a lot. And this shit is heavy. And, uh. This is going to be a long episode because there is just so much that goes into this. Yeah. Um, if you don't know this story, what fucking rock have you been living un- under, first of all? And uh, second, <laughs> can I join you? Right. <laughs> no, when, when this case first came out, um, I had heard about it and I had read some articles on it or whatever. And then like the next time I saw Brooke, she's just like, Chris Watts. Super fascinated. Oh, yeah since day one um fathers who kill their children i hate reading about them because it really bothers me oh yeah and and i'm just so entirely fascinated by it because of i guess just the picture perfect life that this family 
pretended to have. Yeah. Do not trust people's lives over social media. No, no. So um, the first time I heard about this, it was actually um, a morning when I was going to get my hair done. And uh, I remember hearing about Shanann, Bella, and Cece when they went missing. And at this point, you know, they were just missing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to my stylist about it. She was like, what? What are you talking about? I haven't heard anything about it. So, I mean, it had just happened. So uh, we kind of like watched the uh, infinite, infamous video of Chris where he's kind of crying and begging for Not even crying. Like just, you know, I want my family back, yada, yada, yada. And I don't know. It was just one of those things that just like captivated me and just fascinated me from the start. And of yeah. course, at that point, I'm like praying like, please let this mother and two girls come home. But if you know the story, you know, that's not the way it ends. You know how I really heard of the story Mm -hmm. was I initially, the first thing ever was I watched the video of her telling him he was pregnant or she was pregnant on he. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's the first, my first um, thought. And I'll I'll talk more about it when you get into that, but that's just how I saw it. So. And I instantly knew something was wrong when I saw that. Absolutely. So uh, I'm doing this long ass story tonight. And of course, I do it when I've had like an awful mentally trying week myself. So this has taken all week for me to get this research done. And as a matter of fact, I just finished it today. So there's just so much that goes into this. And I probably should have picked something else. But you know what? I got it done. You know what? And we're proud of you. (laughs) And we're happy. Yes. So this story takes place mid-August of 2018, so just over two years ago. It's pretty yeah. pretty recent. Chris Watts was a man who appeared to have it all. He had a beautiful, happy family who he lived with inside of a beautiful Colorado suburban home. But images of what appeared to be a picture-perfect family now paint a very different story. Christopher Lee Watts and Shanann Catherine Watts were both natives of North Carolina. The couple met in 2010 and were married November 3rd, 2012. They had two daughters together, Bella Marie Watts, who was born December 17th, 2013, and Celeste Catherine Watts, who they also called Cece. And she was born on July 17th, 2015. I really like that name, Celeste. Celeste is pretty. I actually had a friend named Celeste growing up. Really? I've ne- I'd never heard that name until it's this a, case. It's a very pretty name. Mm-hmm. So the Watts uh, family lived in a five-bedroom home in Frederick, Colorado, that they had purchased in 2013. A super nice neighborhood, just nice home. I mean, Colorado. That's like my dream destination. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I kind of like Tennessee. Tennessee? Yeah. Really? I do like it a lot there. So Chris Watts was employed by Anadarko Petroleum, while Shanann was an independent representative for the multi-level marketing company called Lavelle, and she sold a product called Thrive. Uh, Her business was, by all accounts, absolutely thriving. At the time of her death, Shanann was 15 weeks pregnant with a son who they had named Nico Lee Watts. Uh, Her due date was January 31st, 2019. By the looks of Shanann's super active Facebook account, the Watts had the perfect life. Shanann was constantly bragging on Chris about what a fantastic father he was. 
um, just talking about how in love she was with him, how involved he was, you know, how good to he, how good he was to her and the girls. Um, but there was a very different story hiding beneath that picture perfect life that they, uh, you know, showed on social media. Yeah. So prior to her August death, Chris Watts' pregnant wife, Shanann, packed up their two daughters and headed back to her parents' home in North Carolina. They were having some issues. Throughout her time away from the family's home in Colorado, Shanann texted friends about her troubled marriage. You know, and you talk to friends about that kind of thing. Of you course, don't blast yeah. it on social media. Yeah. You know. So according to Shanann's text, she felt like she barely knew who Chris was anymore. He was suddenly unhappy about her pregnancy, and she worried that he wouldn't be able to handle a third child. Chris reportedly had told Shanann that he didn't believe that they were compatible anymore and had refused couples counseling. This was all just out of nowhere for Shanann. She's like, what happened? You know, where did this come from? Just completely out of left field. Yeah. So um, it was around 2 a.m. on August 13th, 2018, that Shanann Watts' friend Nicole Atkinson dropped her off at her home after a business trip that they had taken together. But when Nicole tried to get in touch with Shanann just a few hours later, she couldn't reach her. Shanann was not answering phone calls or texts. And after Shanann missed an OBGYN appointment, Nicole became super worried. Shanann was also extremely active on social media due to her business, and she hadn't been that day. Nicole went back to the Watts home around noon that day to check on Shanann to no avail. Nicole decided to call Shanann's husband, Chris, at work, and she also called the police. An officer arrived to conduct a welfare check at about 1.40 p.m. Chris arrived home and talked with the officer and discussed ways to locate his missing family. During the welfare check, he gave the police officer permission to search the house, but there was no sign of Shanann or their, or their daughters. The searchers discovered Shanann's purse containing her phone and keys. Her car, which was still contained, uh, I'm sorry, her car, which still contained the children's car seats, was in the garage. Her wedding ring was found on the couple's bed. Three big red flags. Absolutely. And uh, just a little side note here. I don't know if you guys uh, saw or if you did, Alyssa, you may have uh, where one of our uh, fans put a video on our Facebook page showing um, some very creepy occurrences Mm -hmm. during uh, the police investigation and searching the house for the girls in Shanann. So scary. If you haven't seen it, go to our Facebook page and find it. Uh, Jacob Brown posted it. So I I don't remember if he like posted it in a thread or if he posted it like individually. I don't remember either. But maybe we should post that on our page after this episode okay, as yeah. well. Because it, oh gosh, it's so scary. It re- Especially when they're in the closet and you hear the oh child's laughter. Gosh. That's not edited in there. No. That was real. I mean, those officers heard that. They were And they were scared. Like yeah. that one officer was like telling the other officer to like, go <laughs> in there because they didn't want to. Yes. It's terrifying. Um, So the FBI and the Colorado Bureau of Investigation joined into the investigation the next day, which was August 14th. 
Chris initially told police that he had no idea where Shanann, Bella, or Celeste might be and said that he had not seen his wife since 5.15 on the 13th when he left for work. Most of us remember the interview that he gave a Denver news station outside his home pleading for his wife and daughters to come home. And if you haven't seen this interview, you've got to see it. Um, to me and anybody with half a brain, mm-hmm. he is so obviously guilty. <laughs> yes. He's stumbling his words. He's looking around. He's swaying back and forth. And it's just. He doesn't seem concerned for his wife and kids. at all. He just seems kind of nervous that he's having to do an interview. Exactly. About, you know. Yeah. He is a shitty, shitty liar. Let's just say that. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do something this bad, at least be a good liar. Yeah. You know? I mean, even just everything he did was just stupid. I don't know how he ever thought he would get away with it. Oh, I don't know either. um, So, the way that he conducted himself in this interview prompted the Colorado Bureau, Bureau of Investigation agent tammy lee to want to get watts into an interrogation room good yeah she was like eh, nope this guy's You're not telling us something weird. yeah yeah so watts is brought into an interrogation room where he's questioned he maintains during the hours-long discussion that he has nothing to do with their disappearance of course he doesn't but he talks about them in past tense as if they were dead see that's such a like small mistake you can make yeah but it says so much about what you're saying yeah like if i if i knew my mom was missing and And i didn't murder her i would talk about her as if she was still alive exactly yeah exactly well they used to do this you know like yeah i don't know i would be like she does this exactly she goes here exactly so he of course he's questioned regarding any possible motive that he may have had um, so he denies cheating on Shanann, but investigators search through his phone records and computer records that night. And guess what they discover? He's cheating on her. Chris was having an affair. <laughs> okay. So like, I'm just going to go ahead and be 100% transparent. If, even if I was arrested for something I did not do, mm-hmm. but... There's something that I was doing that could make me a potential suspect. I would just fucking tell them because they're going to find out either way. Yeah, so already we know you're a liar. And lying about it makes you more of a suspect. Exactly. So they discover through all the records that he was having an affair with his co-worker, whose name was Nicole Kessinger. The next day is August 15th, 2018. Chris is called to the police station for a polygraph test. He brings along his father, Ronnie Watts, who had just flown in that morning. His dad is put in another room while Chris takes and fails his polygraph miserably. Yeah, um, we could all guess that. Yeah, because you suck, Chris. You suck. You suck at just lying in general. You suck at life and you should die. (laughs) Yeah. So he's arrested. Chris finally admits to having an affair. Wait, why was he arrested? Failing the polygraph test. Really? I thought that those weren't, like, you really couldn't use those because they can be wrong. I think they were so, like, certain he did it. But they'd have to have, like, substantial evidence. Hmm. If they did arrest him because of the polygraph, that's crazy. I, I Well, that's what I read. I, I could be wrong here, but there's a lot more that involves this particular day. So. Okay. Um, so he finally admits to having an affair, uh, which investigators inform him that they already knew. 
Chris then begs investigators to let him speak to his dad in the interrogation room. And this risky move works out in the investigator's favor. Usually they're not like, like they're not going to let you do that. But of course you got to think you're in an interrogation room. Mm -hmm. Everything you're saying is being recorded, dude. Everything. Yeah. Unless your lawyer is in there and they turn the cameras off and stuff. Exactly. So uh, while talking to his dad, Chris admits to killing his wife. Although he claims Shanann murdered the girls and because of this, he killed her. This admission gives investigators. <coughs> oh my God, I am so sorry. Bless you. <laughs> I'm trying to hold that in. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, where was I? <laughs> I'm sorry. So, it's okay. So during the next. Dur- wait, okay, I'm all out of. Uh, he admits to killing his wife because his wife killed the kids. Yes. So this admission gives investigators an end to find the bodies. During the next interrogation with investigators, Chris claims that Shanann became very upset and smothered the girls in response to him asking for a separation. And so then in a fit of rage, he strangles her and then transported the three dead bodies to a remote oil storage site where he worked. Oh, that's that's exactly what you do when your wife kills her kids. Exactly. I mean, I could understand the killing your wife part if she just killed her children. Right. But you don't go bury all three bodies yeah. in an oil, whatever. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. right? So, however, Chris's affair and obsession with former coworker Nicole Kessinger is a key component in this case. Yeah. Another man that kills so he can be with some slut bag. Okay. Dude, it's so insane to me. Like, why do you have to kill? stupid idiot like what like you know you're not gonna get away with it like if you actually think that you're gonna get away with it i'm sorry but you're the most deluded just dumb person exactly especially with how forensics are these days yeah you're You're getting caught yeah absolutely so you remember when shanann and the girls left to stay with their parents in north carolina Mm -hmm. this is when chris and nicole's affair began oh great So when Chris Watts and Nicole Kessinger started their romantic relationship, Kessinger reports that Chris Watts lied, saying that he was already separated from his wife and that he was in the process of filing for divorce. Don't they all? They, yeah. I mean, come on now, lady, come on. Like, just in case you go and see my Facebook, yeah, it does say, like, I'm married and I have kids and stuff, but I swear I'm getting a divorce. Exactly. If some man said that to me, I would not believe it at all. Right. So, uh, of course, this wasn't true. Um, And Watson Kessinger had just started seeing each other romantically in July 2018, which was just one month before the murders. Oh, my God. This man was so obsessed and in love with Nicole Kessinger that he plotted to murder his entire family for her after dating her for a month. You're a sick fuck. Fuck you. Okay. (laughs) A month? Yeah. Dude, I wouldn't, there's a lot of stuff I wouldn't do for somebody that I've known for a month. And one of those things. Murder your family. Yeah. (laughs) Ugh, I hate him so much. So according to Kessinger, Watts was not wearing a wedding ring when they first met. While Watts did tell Kessinger about his children, he also made it appear as if his wife was already out of the picture. Watts was ready to find an apartment with Kessinger, even though they had only been together for a month. Is this information coming from him or from her? This is her. I don't believe her. I do. You believe her? Why do you not? Because, like, I feel like that's something that's kind of hard to hide. 
and like of course she's gonna cover her own ass by saying oh i had no idea no idea i mean i feel like if she did know this would have come out you know what i mean i don't know i mean some people really are good at lying i mean maybe and like if he says otherwise who are they really gonna believe you know well i don't know i mean maybe she is telling the truth but to me in my brain i would think that she was like i feel like she probably didn't want to implicate herself like she didn't want them to think that this was like a yeah go kill your wife and kids so we can be together type of thing well to this day she maintains that she would have never pursued a relationship or even agreed to date him had she known that he was still with his wife i mean of course she does either you know either way she's gonna say that so what do we know? We'll never know. But uh, Watts and Kessinger continued their relationship until Kessinger found out that Shanann, Bella, and Celeste were missing. And, of course, she got super suspicious, at which point she went to the police. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe she really didn't. Because yeah. I think that if she knew yeah. that they were still together, that yeah, she, <laughs> yeah, you know. So, um, the authorities located the bodies of Shanann, Bella, and Cece Watts on the property of Chris's employer, Andarco Petroleum, on August 16th. Chris Watts had been fired from his job on August 15th, the day of his arrest. The children's bodies were found hidden in the oil tanks. Shanann was buried in a shallow grave nearby. On August 21st, Chris Watts was charged with five counts of first-degree murder, including an additional one per child cited as death of a child who had not yet attained 12 years of age and the defendant was in a position of trust, Uh, unlawful termination of a pregnancy, and three counts of tampering with a deceased human body. How did he get five counts of murder? I just explained it. I know, but I don't understand that. So... Uh, one count per child cited as death of a child who had not yet attained 12 years of age and the defendant was in a position of trust. So that's for Bella and Cece. Mm-hmm. And then the unlawful termination of a pregnancy. Yeah. And then three counts of tampering with a deceased human body. I still don't get how that's five counts of murder. Oh, let's see. Five counts of first... It, five counts of first degree murder i guess because there's only three kids and an adult so that's four people i'm not sure why it says five counts (laughs) (laughs) well maybe it was four counts (laughs) who knows i don't know uh so he of course was denied bail at his first court appearance good yeah fuck him yeah This case has been connected in the media uh, to the crime of family um, annihilation. Yeah, that is exactly what that is. Yeah. So many of these crimes, I did not know this, but many of these crimes occur in August uh, before school starts, which may delay detection and investigation. I didn't know that. That's such a weird statistic. I guess maybe like there's a lot of stress going on that time of the year. I guess because your kids are driving you nuts. (laughs) Yeah. So according to former FBI profiler Candace DeLong, cases such as Chris Watts are rare because, and I quote, family annihilators usually commit suicide after the murders. True. I don't, every time, I mean, I'm sure that is true, but like all the stories I know, they fucking just go off and you can never find them ever. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I know a lot where they kill themselves after. Yeah. 
So Chris Watts, of course, he claims that he contemplated suicide out of guilt for his actions. Whatever. But he didn't do it. Whatever. He's not. He doesn't feel guilty at all. Not at all. So um, in an interview with Dr. Phil, Chris Watts' lawyer claimed that he confessed to killing Shanann after an argument regarding divorce. During the murder, Bella walked in. Chris Watts told his daughter that her mother was sick. He loaded Shanann's body into the back of his work truck and his daughter's, who were still very much alive at this point, without car seats into the back of the truck. He then smothered both children, one after the other, with a blanket in the back seat of his truck. And uh, so that's what the lawyer claims, okay? We're going to get into this a little bit more, and there's actually a lot more to the story. Yeah. So, in a disturbing letter that the Daily Mail received a copy of, Chris Watts claimed that he tried to murder his daughters before killing Shanann. The letter was sent to Sherilyn Cadle, who struck up a correspondence with Watts after he was jailed. And he says to Cadle, I remember her face getting all black with mascara. He confesses by letter how he squeezed his wife's jugular and had to smother his little girls twice after they woke up to see mom's blood-filled eyes. I had read that in an article and that just tore me up because then it's like, okay, so you thought you killed your daughters and you had every chance to keep them alive. Mm -hmm. God gifted you this Mm -hmm. one chance to Mm -hmm. make sure that you don't murder your fucking kids and and then you do it again. Disgusting. You have zero guilt at all. None. Zero. And you deserve to fucking rot. Actually, I really just hope they kill him. Oh, yeah, me too. We'll find out later that that probably won't happen. Great. So in the letter, Watts writes, August 13th, morning of, I went to the girls' room first before Shanann and I had our argument. I went to Bella's room, then Cece's room, and used a pillow from their bed to kill them. That's why the cause of death was smothering. After I left Cece's room, then I climbed back in bed with Shanann and our argument ensued. After Shanann had passed, Bella and Cece woke back up. I'm not sure how they woke back up, but they did. Bella's eyes were bruised and both girls looked like they had been through trauma. That made the act so much worse knowing that I had went into their rooms first and knowing I still took their lives at the location of the bodies. Oh, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. So this man went to his daughter's room thought he killed her went to his other daughter's room killed her climbed in bed with his wife argued with her and she probably doesn't even realize that her kids are fucking dead and he had sex with her before he killed her okay just fucking die yeah honestly exactly let's petition for it please oh i don't know how they did well i do know why they didn't put him to death but uh we'll get into that later okay so he then describes driving to the oil field where he methodically killed both of his daughters for the second and final time he also admits in the letter that he had been plotting the murders for quite some time clearly dude i wonder like what those daughters were thinking Oh, uh, uh, we'll talk about that, too. Oh, my God. Just the fear these babies had. Yeah. So this is what he says. August 12th, when I finished putting the girls to bed, I walked away and said, that's the last time I'm going to be tucking my babies in. Fuck you. Mm -hmm. I knew what was going to happen the day before, and I did nothing to stop it, he wrote. He also confessed that he had slipped the potent painkiller oxycodone oxycodone to his wife in the hope of inducing a miscarriage 
and he says, I thought it would be easier to be with Nicole if Shanann wasn't pregnant, he wrote. Ugh. I just want you to know you can still divorce your wife. Right. While she's pregnant Mm -hmm. and be with your other side hoe without fucking killing a single fucking person. Exactly. So while in prison, Watts, who had turned down dozens of interview requests and received hundreds of appear of of a received hundreds of letters, um, appeared to only respond to Cato's view that he could still make a difference in other people's lives and that his story could be a, quote, story of redemption. Fuck you. Uh, but Cato did not sugarcoat the evil, evil of what he had done. And she says, let me just say the crime was horrific. So I'm not writing you to tell you how wonderful you are or that I want to be pen pals, she wrote in her first letter to him. The 65-year-old grandmother from northern Illinois wrote three times before Watts replied. She then visited him in prison three times, with each meeting lasting around five hours after he put her on his visitor list. So she speaks to him on the phone about three times a week. Um, But uh, after meeting her in person, Chris Watts decided to allow Cato to use his letters for her book, which is called Letters from Christopher, The Tragic Confessions of the Watts Family Murders. Have you heard of that book? Mm -mm. I have. And I I don't think I could allow myself to uh, buy something uh, that basically promotes the murder of this family. I I wouldn't want to put my money into something that, I don't know, that. I, I just wouldn't feel right buying that book. I wonder where the proceeds go, though, because, like, know. you know, he, like, if you're a prisoner, you're not allowed to make money off of things about right. you. Right. So, like, I wonder if we should Google that. We should see where the proceeds go, because I'd actually like to read it. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to buy it if, if it's like if the author, whatever the uh-huh. fuck her name was, if she's profiting off of it. Right. I still wouldn't want to buy it. Exactly. She should be donating every penny to some sort of you know abuse coalition you know yeah or like you know their families who had to bury them and fucking mourn them for the rest of their natural lives exactly so um he agreed to uh the book in exchange for Cato's promise that she would publish his testimony of coming to god and the forgiveness that he has received fuck right (laughs) out of here i really feel like any go- any person who goes to prison i 100 percent believe if you were this fucked up as an individual if you found god that fast you're a fucking liar yeah that's I, not I, I just don't think that that's how it works especially like if if i murdered my whole family and then i went to prison and um you know found god in prison mm-hmm. that's not something that i would most likely want to tell everybody immediately yeah it it wouldn't be like no because it sounds very fake christopher watts like i you can fake as you you can publish this book about me but only if you let everybody know that i came to god and i've totally i'm a man of god right yeah like this isn't first of all it's not going to soften the blow it actually just adds to how much of a fucking monster you are exactly 
So through his letters, Watts also squashes any lingering doubt that Shanann was responsible for her daughter's murders, as he had falsely claimed to the police during the first interviews after the killings. Okay, the one and only good thing that you've done, and it's still fucking shitty because you put that in everybody's minds to begin with. Mm -hmm. So following the shocking letter about his daughter's ordeal, Cadle said that she was left with many questions, which Watts later answered. Um, in other conversations. The 34-year-old described how he killed his wife in grisly detail and recalls how she looked moments before her death as he told her that he wanted a separation and that he no longer loved her. And this is what he says. Isn't it weird how I look back and what I remember so much is her face getting all black with streaks of mascara? All of the weeks of me thinking about killing her and now I was faced with it. When she started to get drowsy, I somehow knew how to squeeze the jugular veins until it cut off the blood flow to her brain, and she passed out. I knew if I took my hands off of her, she would still keep me from Nikki. They asked me why she couldn't fight back. It's because she couldn't fight back. Her eyes filled with blood as she looked at me, and she died. I knew she was gone when she relieved herself. Ugh. Is that just chilling? Like, I have no words. Yeah. None. She's literally looking at me, you guys, like, just with just a horrible, sad look. And also, like, how poetic of you. Yeah. How poetic. Like, turning your fucking wife's murder, brutal murder, Mm -hmm. into some, like, the black running down her face from her tears. Shut the fuck up. I have that vision in my face right now. And I didn't kill the woman. And it rips my heart into pieces. Me too. You know? So Watts then says that to his surprise, his daughters came walking into the room while he was wrapping Shanann in a bed sheet. To his surprise? Yeah. Well, because he thought he had killed them. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part. Yes. So that's... Can you imagine, first of all, like... Those poor kids, like, 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 I'm sure... Went through so much. Yeah. You know, they knew their daddy killed them the first time. Then they see daddy wrapping mommy in a sheet. And then they have to go through him killing them again. Right. So the daughters walk in while he's wrapping Shanann in a bed sheet and began asking what was wrong with her mom. He told them that she wasn't feeling well. Watts said that he tried to carry Shanann's body downstairs, but she was too heavy and he lost his grip. He ended up dragging her down the stairs and then bundled her into the back of his truck. What's up? It's my phone. It's oh, okay. I thought it was on silent. <laughs> so he uh, bundled her into the back of his truck. Watts told Cadel, the girls were just kind of running around the house and watching me with scared looks on their faces. Yeah, I fucking bet. God. I wish those, I mean, they're so little, but I, I wonder, wish they would have just run out the door. I wonder if they realized that their dad had tried to suffocate them. I probably. You think I, so? I, I mean, don't like, know. if you wake up and there's a pillow on your, excuse me, on I, your face, you probably wouldn't really know what was happening. Yeah. So, um, Bella started to cry, and when she did, Celeste started whimpering. What a nightmare this was, he said. Shut up. Oh, my God, I hate him more. Mm-hmm. The more he talks, the more I just want to fucking kill him myself. Mm-hmm. So he later said, I realize now that the girls getting up and walking around may have been God's attempt to stop what I was doing. He said that his overwhelming feeling was being so mad that they were still alive. 
He then drove with his wife's body, her face and feet wrapped in garbage bags, and his two daughters, again, who were still alive, to a remote oil field owned by his then employer, Anna Darko. So Chris had packed his lunch, a shovel, and a rake, along with a gas can, which led the FBI to subsequently ask whether he was considering suicide. The FBI asked me if I was going to take my own life, and I told them I thought about it, but honestly, no, I was not going to take my own life. He recalled that it took him about an hour to drive to the site where he methodically killed both of his daughters. He says, I dumped Shanann on the ground, and then I walked back to the truck with the blanket that Celeste was holding. I put it over her head, and I smothered her. Watts squeezed Celeste's body through an 8-inch hatch in one of the oil tanks. I couldn't believe how easy it was just to let her drop through the hole and let her go. I heard the splash as she hit the oil. Oil. And then he does it a second time. You are a fucking monster. And you deserve the worst of the worst. Ugh. Ugh. This crime to me is so heinous. And so... I just, I, I don't, I have no words. The way that he talks about it, he's playing it as like, I can't believe how easy it was for me to let her go. Yeah. To me, it sounds more like he's bragging. Yeah. It's yeah. not like, I'm surprised. I can't believe I could do that to my baby. It's more like, check out what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Like in a normal mind, this mm-hmm. would be hard for somebody. Yeah. But for me, it was so easy. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking hate this dude. I hate him. So then he relives for Cadle in appalling detail about how he killed his eldest daughter, Bella, after she had watched him murder and dispose of her sister. I just want to tell her to run. I know. Just run, run, baby, run. Somebody will find you. Mm-hmm. So he spoke of his surprise that, quote, little quiet Bella had a will to live. Out of all three, Bella's the only one that put up a uh, put up a fight. Yeah, because she's the only one that watched a murder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, "I'll remember her soft little voice for the rest of my life, saying, Daddy, no. She knew what I was doing. She may not have understood death, but she knew that I was killing her. And you didn't stop. Neither time. Dude, like sometimes, like when Titus is being bad and I get stern with him and I'm like, no, don't do that. And yeah. then he makes that puppy. He doesn't even have to say anything. He just makes that puppy dog face like I just broke his heart mm-hmm. and then my heart breaks. Yeah. And it just makes me want to be like, no, never mind. Just kidding. Exactly. Come back here. Let me love on you. Exactly. I could never imagine murdering my own child. Mm-hmm. Like that to me is the gravest just most horrible thing you could ever do in your life i I absolutely agree i he is a monster like there are a lot of cases out there that are heinous and awful and disturbing and disgusting but mothers and fathers that kill their children just it's a different level to me especially when it's like multiple children yeah like with yeah. Andrea Yates, she murders what five, it was a five kids, five, five. Yeah, like you, every just, time you yeah. just. I just feel like the first time you murder, you should probably say, "Hmm, I shouldn't do that again." I don't feel like it should encourage you to keep doing yeah. it. Yeah, and if it does, then like kill, just fucking kill yourself. Exactly, please. Why didn't you just kill yourself to start? You yeah, know? 
No, well, because he just, had to be with Nicole. He had to. Why didn't you just fucking d- divorce? You didn't even divorce or just leave? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he has repeatedly told investigators that his daughters were not alive when they went to the tanks and that he had intentionally separated their bodies. He says, I put the girls in the tanks so that they wouldn't get up the second time. Ugh. Ugh. That's just disgusting. Oh, my gosh. So they wouldn't get up a second time? Yep. So he then turned to the task of burying his wife in a shallow grave. And he says, when I dug the hole, it seemed a lot deeper than it was. As I pulled on the sheet, she rolled out and into the hole. I think she had given birth. She landed face down, and I remember being so angry with her that I was not going to change how she laid. She had given birth to her 15-week son. Yeah. Yeah. So the autopsy later confirmed that Shanann's amniotic sac containing the fetus was protruding from her vaginal area. Shanann's cause of death was ruled a strangulation, and the two girls were smothered. Wait, was she naked? Uh, I don't think so, but I guess he would see, like, something protruding, maybe if she was wearing leggings or, you know, who knows. But, yeah, he knew she gave birth. God, that is so disgusting. I mean, I feel like your body would. Oh, yeah, I would think so, too. When you die. So, uh, the report noted that Bella and Celeste had crude oil in their throats, stomach, and lungs after spending days in the bottom of the tanks so that makes me wonder were they still alive that's what i was about to say that is horrifying why would it be in their lungs if they weren't breathing i feel like it would go into your stomach like if your mouth opened up i really don't know how that works but to me like i know when they say it's drowning you have water in In your your lungs lungs. exactly so they probably didn't fucking kill them they probably died from drowning and crude oil they probably drowned from like they like they're unconscious so they're underwater and they drowned like they probably never did wake up which i hope and pray to god they never woke up i know (sighs) so uh following the murders and the disposal of their bodies chris watched searched for uh searched on google for the lyrics of a metallica song uh the song was called battery The lyrics include the lines, lunacy has found me, cannot stop the battery, pounding out aggression turns into obsession, cannot kill the battery, cannot kill the family. Cato asked him about the claims that Watts gave his wife oxycodone and he responded with conflicting stories, saying that he had given it to her twice, once at her parents' home in North Carolina to try to cause a miscarriage and then immediately before her death. He later contradicted himself and said he only had given it to her once. So I asked him where uh, he got the oxy, Cato says, and he told me that that is one of the things that he will take to his death. I think he got it from Nicole. Probably. Because why else? What you're telling everything else. Yeah. Why not just tell where you got the oxy? So uh, surveillance footage gathered from Chris Watts' neighbor's home also showed Watts the morning of the murders. Uh, and it showed him backing up his truck into the garage, loading up the vehicle, and driving off. Do you remember seeing that video? I haven't seen that, no. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, you can see what he's doing, clear as day. You can see him, like, actually put her body in there? I don't remember if you can see the b- 
body, but it was like, you see him walking back and forth and loading and he's got his truck like backed up into the garage. So like clearly like he's putting something in there, Mm -hmm. but I I don't know. I'll have to go look at it again. But it's clear what he's doing. I mean, he did everything so wrong anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to get caught, bitch. Yeah. And you did. Thank yeah. God. Thank God. So uh, in another correspondence with Cato, he writes, I had a dream Cece was dancing next to the chair in my cell. When she was dancing, all of my folder- folders on the chair started moving. Then I woke up. I'm hoping she comes back. I hope everyone comes to visit me. I hope they come to visit your ass too, Chris. And I hope they haunt the shit out of you. I hope they fucking put a hex on you. Uh, He also says that he was visited by his dead wife through a phone conversation. Watts also claims to Cato that he felt, quote, darkness on him for weeks before murdering his wife and two daughters. Watts told Cadle he doesn't believe that he's a murderer and strives to maintain, quote, a good guy image in the hopes that he might someday be released on good behavior. Excuse me? You yeah. don't see yourself as a murderer? What after do you, you see yourself as? You just murdered your wife, your unborn baby, and then you tried to kill your daughters. They didn't die. So you fucking kill them again? Mm-hmm. You are a murderer. Yeah. So uh, Watts has told Cato that he refuses to submit to a psychiatric test in prison and that he does not believe he is mentally ill. You are. Sir. First of all, I didn't think like you had like a choice. If they want to give you a psychiatric test, they're going to give you a psychiatric test. What was that sound? Mm-hmm. I was laying this down. Okay, that scared me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he refuses to take a psychiatric test. Yeah, I feel like you shouldn't have the choice. Yeah, but. You didn't give anybody else a choice. Right. So I was listening to a podcast about this just because, uh, you know, just trying to learn some information that I maybe didn't know, even though I did know most of this. But um, so here's a little bit about the psychology of Chris Watts. Um, Even though he's never been diagnosed with any kind of mental illness, uh, this is what psychiatrists have said. Um, Like just based off behaviors that they've like seen like interviews and exactly. So um, he is said to experience uh, psychopathy, number one, which is pathological lying, deception, lack of empathy, remorse, or guilt. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Duh. All of these things are like ding, ding. Uh, Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So uh, violating society's norms. Yeah. Yeah. Most men, husbands don't kill their families. Sometimes when like psychiatrists do this and they're like, and he had this and we're all like, no fucking duh. Like I'm not a psychiatrist and I fucking know that. Exactly. So uh, clearly Chris was a psychopath, but um, irresponsibility, which absolutely. I think that Shanann was the breadwinner and Chris kind of just reaped the benefits of that. Mm -hmm. He really you know, I, he did have a job, but... Uh, I think working with oil is, like, a good job, though. I think so, but I think he also, like, kind of mooched off of her. I'm sure you he know? fucking did. Just knowing him, I'm sure he, he yeah. thought he was just entitled to everything. I mean, obviously, he did think that. Clearly. So, um, also, impulsivity. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No depth or sensitivity. No. Nope. None. And if you have seen interviews with Chris Watts... That will be the first thing you notice. He has no emotion. What's the matter? 
Don't tell me. <gasps> oh my god. Okay, the computer, like the screen, just went black, and I was so scared that like it turned off or something. But I guess just because like it's we've been talking been for an hour, so it like you know okay. yeah. But it's fine. We still have all of our okay. recording. Thank you, God. You scared me so bad. I'm like, I'm not doing this again. It scared <laughs> I'm me. done. I'm I was done. about to be like, we're only going to have a listener juice episode. I'm going week. to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, impulsivity, no depth or sensitivity, which clearly. Yeah. Uh, superficial charm, failure to have long-term goals, antisocial behavior, which yes, if you watch this guy, he is a very awkward antisocial. I feel like Shanann was the... Uh, kind of the uh i don't know how do you say this like she was the social butterfly and chris was kind of just the guy in the background she was the spokesman of the family exactly and he was just kind of that guy that sat back and Mm kind of just that awkward guy yep so poor behavioral controls yeah Uh and criminal versatility which means basically you can commit a lot of different kinds of crime do we know anything about his history like did he you mean like as far as like mental illness no like did he commit crimes like as an early as far as i know no i don't think he had any kind of criminal background Hmm. uh no variation of emotion just completely you know void of any emotion whatsoever i can see that for sure absolutely uh sensation seeking uh meaning that they're just bored easily and uh that i think contributed to his affair oh oh definitely so yeah just looking for something bigger and better let me just get some excitement in my life and just fucking murder my whole family yeah like i think that will really just make the difference or i mean not even that like the affair you know what i know but like like, yeah murdering it definitely give you a high i feel that you've never felt before i'm sure (laughs) so another thing uh psychiatrists say that he he uh, experiences is narcissism and uh it would be a vulnerable kind of introverted narcissism not the extroverted kind of narcissism what does that mean exactly so there's the grandiose Mm -hmm. uh, which is a uh, extroversion type of narcissism and then there's the vulnerable which is the introverted type of narcissism is one like the grandiose is that like when because i know like technically like the definition of narcissism is exactly what you think a a narcissist is but it's like they they actually hate themselves right but they portray to be different is like the grandiose narcissist is that more of like a like they like themselves yes, type of thing. Yes, I think so. Okay, I think so. And then there's the vul- vulnerable, which Where is more the themselves. introverted kind. Okay. Yeah. So again, this uh, goes back to kind of the same thing as the uh, psychop- psych- psychopathy, um, superficial charm, mm-hmm. resistant to cri- criticism. Yeah, he had a really hard time with criticism. Uh, defensive, avoidant, and social awkwardness all kind of goes back to the same thing. And then engaging in fantasies of success, power, and love. Clearly. Clearly. I think he had this this uh, picture-perfect, you know, I'm going to kill my family and me and Nicole are going to be happy ever after. Like and, delusional almost. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like, she's going to love me for this. Yeah. Like, she's going to think I'm her knight in shining armor Mm -hmm. for getting rid of my family so that we can be together. Yep. Yep. So, um, (laughs) he also, this is ridiculous, along with suggesting that he was under the spell of his mistress, Nicole Kessinger, 
He has also told Kale that he wouldn't have killed his family if he had never met her. And he also introduced the idea that he may have been possessed by demons or evil spirits. Chris, you are the evil spirit. You are the demon. Exactly. You are the thing that haunts that house, really. Exactly. So Chris Watts pled guilty to the murders on November 6th. The death penalty was not put forward by the district attorney on the request of the Shenan's family, who did not wish for any further deaths. And if you have seen oh, their testimony and their tears, they're a damn good family. They literally asked the judge to not put Chris to death. Why? I, they are Why? like just true Christian. Just mm, 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 they mm, mm. I, they were just very good people, and they said, "Look, like the family has suffered enough. We don't wish this upon him." Why? I don't know. He killed your grandbabies, I, your daughter, your grandson. I if know. that were me, I think I'm a really good person. I agree 100. percent But I think everybody handles things differently, and they don't feel like it would have been godly of them to to wish death upon him. So I can I can respect that from them, even though that wouldn't be me. I think that's the only way they felt like they could live with themselves. I mean, I guess whatever floats your boat, but that just makes me, and I'm sure a lot of other people, very uncomfortable I, that this man is still like I, I getting 100% to breathe. I 100% agree. I would want him dead too. But, you know, everybody handles these things differently, and they didn't want him to die. So I want him dead. I, I do too. The mass majority of people want him dead. Absolutely. So um, they were supportive of, of the decision to appeal or, or to accept the plea deal. On November 19th, Chris Watts was sentenced to five life sentences, three, conse- three consecutive and two concurrent without the possibility of parole. He received an additional 48 years for the unlawful termination of his wife's pregnancy and 36 years for three charges of tampering with a deceased body. After this, Chris Watts had his $5 million bail revoked and was immediately uh, sent into custody. On December 3rd, 2018, Chris Watts was moved to an out-of-state location due to, quote, security concerns. Wow. Let him kill him. <laughs> you know? And on December 5th, 2018, he arrived at the Dodge Correctional Institution, a maximum security prison in, ooh, I didn't, uh, in Waupun. It's W-A-U-P-U-N, Wisconsin. Waupun? Uh, to conserve continue serving his life sentence um so here's a few little interesting things um i'm sorry i'm still just so angry i'm so angry he disgusts me i'm just i'm i I mean this is probably not the thing that i should be angry about but i just i'm angry at the family oh about them not wanting him to die i'm trying not to be because like it's just like I, I understand what you're saying, but again, I see how things, how people view things differently. And I guess it would weigh heavy on their heart, knowing that they were the reason that he was put to death. I just want you to know if somebody kills me, yeah, fucking push for the death penalty. I, that will never change. I would, but I also understand them. I don't at all. If you, I'm if trying you, to, and if, usually I'm good at that. If you watch like their testimony at the trial, you'll they're just 
they're that way they're just good people they like don't they, want do they not want him to die out of respect for his parents or just because he's know, a life in general i don't really know i don't really know so um a jail source who has spoken with watts in the past couple of months told people magazine that he is resigned to the fact that he will spend the rest of his life in prison and is hopeless that anything will ever change good he knows exactly what he did the source tells people he's haunted by what he did he says he can't shake the memories of his family and they haunt him he's a liar he is on his own psychological torment every day of his life good he knows he deserves it the source continues no he doesn't he knows that he made many mistakes in his life and that this is his punishment he's a liar <laughs> you have a little something to throw in there every time yeah because he's a fucking liar yeah, he is he is so for 23 hours a day chris watts is on lockdown he can leave his cell for a shower or exercise but little else <gasps> something just fucking hit me what dude you scared me sorry <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker is pretending to be a new god found man i'm sure to fuck with his wife's family if they are christian like you say they are it could very well then be. he's probably did that to be to get some kind of sympathy it from could them because well he be. probably knew that his life was in their fucking hands yeah it could very well be yeah <laughs> that makes sense so uh while he's in his cell he has pretty much nothing to do Good. He's allowed to have a Bible Boo. and family photos. Okay, Boo. why? He has photos of his family next to his bed. Fuck him. That's so fucking disgusting. I uh, would not allow that, dude. No. Like one day when he's out, like taking a shower, I would just take them fucking pictures. No, you out of know there. what? I think I would post them everywhere so he would have to stare at them for the rest of his he, miserable but he life fucking care though that's the thing like he can say he's tormented and he's yeah. having a lot of psychological torment because of it but he's fucking not dude yeah he's probably looking at these pictures and reliving exactly what he did to each mm-hmm. one of them yeah because he's a fucking murderer yeah so another source told people magazine that chris watts had found religion in prison and that he reflects on his sins daily fuck him <laughs> a day doesn't go by a minute doesn't go by where he doesn't think about his family the he's source said he's in a hell of his own making Shut up. oh get ready for this oh, are you ready God. for this oh it gets worse it gets worse you're gonna love this line i, ha- I highly doubt it <laughs> so watts proclaimed himself a oh, quote servant of god shut the fuck <laughs> i hate you <laughs> so he wrote this in a letter to his mother in june of 2019 he also says get ready to puke oh god i'm still a dad no you're fucking not you fucking bitch <laughs> i'm still a son no matter what now i can add servant of god to that shut mix fuck die i hate him so fucking much dude yeah like i thought i hated him before this episode but i legit fucking hate this man yes i hate him yes i hate that he's in such like a high security uh prison because somebody should just like gut his ass alive dude if if somebody can fucking kill jeffrey dahmer in prison then he deserves the same fate as Mm -hmm. well yep so uh kind of to finish this out a uh, family friend who asked to go by just her first name of Kim uh, told People Magazine last year that Watts is full of regret, regret oh my God. and that he's sad that everyone is hurting and that he wishes he could go back in time. He wishes he had handled things differently. 
Um, and despite the fact that he considered filing an appeal to a sentence, he now realizes that his release from prison will be highly unlikely. Um, every hour, every minute, uh, full of regret and remorse for the choices he made. In prison, here we go. This is to end this story. Alyssa, are you ready? I'm about to bash my fucking head into this <laughs> microphone. <laughs> in prison, Watts has admitted that he still loves Kessinger. It is unclear whether or not she still has feelings for him. She's moved away and assumed a new identity. The end. Man of God who still has feelings <laughs> for the woman that you killed your whole fucking family over. He is a servant of the Lord for sure. Oh, servant of God. He is a dad. Did is, you know that? He is He's a, a dad. Godly man. Dude, godly father. I bet he has like a dad of the year award. Oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Fucking piece of shit. Rotten hell, bitch. Dude, I hope none of his... Okay. Here's also another thing. Like, he says that he wished he would have handled it differently. Okay. This is not handled this no. is not how you handled something no this is an extreme fucking action that you took because you're a fucking psycho killer yeah because you don't care about your family you don't care about being a good decent human being you don't have empathy sympathy compassion you don't have mercy obviously that is so proven after you fucking killed your children twice and cold blood and cold blood and and, and it was planned and you put them in the car with their dead mother. To me, that we didn't talk about that enough. Mm-hmm. Like, he put their dead mom yeah. in the truck, and then they rode in the car, too, with their dead mom in the backseat. Pure torture or for those babies. Truck. Yeah. Just the hell that those girls went through. He, he threw them in the oil tank so that they would not wake up again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, this was not something that you handled. You cannot say, I wish I handled it differently. Like, that'd be like if you accident or like if you got mad at your mom and you yelled at her and yeah. maybe called her a name. Yeah. Yeah. You could have handled that better. Yeah. You didn't handle anything. No. You're just a fucking deluded piece of shit mm-hmm. who just honestly just, I really fucking hope a guard turns a blind eye and you fucking get your ass handed to you. I in hope. I hope. I, and I don't say this about many. There are some killers that I actually feel a little bit of sympathy for and things like that, just because of things that have happened in their lives. And, you know, just, you know, sometimes people just get fucked up for life things that have happened. Chris Watts was just an evil son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Just pure evil. Yep. And he did that for a woman. That, by the way, can I just say it wasn't even hot? Shanann was much more beautiful. She really was so beautiful. Yeah. And uh, look, now what do you got? Prison for the rest of your life? And (laughs) And I hope your children and your wife haunt your fucking ass every day of your life. And also, uh, listeners, I'm sorry about the cussing, like, this episode. Like, I know we cuss normally. (laughs) But this is a lot more than usual because it, it just makes us so angry yeah i'm sorry i really was saying fuck a lot sorry Uh, well i mean you know what if you're listening you know we cuss and if you have a problem with us cussing you probably shouldn't be listening (laughs) yeah uh, because fuck is very prominent in my vocabulary (laughs) especially when we're talking about you know dads who fucking murder their families (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah that's it for chris watts and if you didn't hate him before now we hope you do too and if you don't then you honestly probably should stop listening to us as well because exactly jesus christ jesus christ go find the lord
I hate him, dude. <laughs> okay, well, um, I guess uh, while you listen to this ad here for uh, Anchor, um, we're gonna go smoke a cigarette, and I'm gonna fucking scream at this guy because I'm so angry. <laughs> okay, so. welcome back guys hello so, hello <laughs> brooke's story was um pretty um upsetting um and traumatic i feel pretty fuck worthy <laughs> very fuck worthy <laughs> um my story is i would say it's it's less it's more lighthearted, but it's still pretty fucking scary um because it can happen to anybody i mean i guess anybody can be murdered but this is like something genuinely that could happen to you and apparently happens to a lot of people yeah a lot of people um so today i am covering sleep paralysis Mm -hmm. i've experienced sleep paralysis um my boyfriend scott or uh, brooke's brother scotty um he's also experienced it and so i'll be talking about our stories in um this uh episode but uh it's definitely fucking horrifying like if you've ever had sleep paralysis like it makes you scared to go to sleep yeah because you do not want it to happen again i know so many people that have experienced it and i guess i'm just lucky because i have never experienced it and i never want to because it is horrifying yeah (laughs) but um, uh, it's super interesting to me so i'm excited to hear it's really really scary like when it happened to me i legit thought i was dying i did not think that i was i didn't know what sleep paralysis was until like after the incident happened Mm -hmm. i googled it and i was like sleep paralysis what the fuck is this and i'm like researching all this stuff about it and i'm like oh my god this is exactly what happened to me and it really scared me and i was scared to go to sleep for a long time after that because i just didn't want it to happen again yeah I can't wait to hear. So uh, for the first part of this, I got my information off of um, Medical News Today article. And it just kind of explains what sleep paralysis is, like why it happens, and some of the like symptoms of having sleep paralysis. Mm -hmm. So um, some of you, probably very few of you, are probably wondering what sleep paralysis actually is. So... um, Basically, it's described as like a temporary inability to move or speak while falling asleep or like when you're waking up from being asleep. Mm -hmm. Um, It most commonly affects someone who suffers from like sleep apnea and narcolepsy, but it can affect literally anybody for any reason. Right. Like it not just one specific um, like disease or whatever can cause it. Um, So... During sleep paralysis, um, your senses and awareness are intact, but you may feel like there's an unforeseen pressure on you, and you may feel like you're choking. Um, You may also experience hallucinations and intense fear. Um, It's not life-threatening, but it can cause, 
like anxiety or an anxiety disorder. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, It usually develops in like adolescence um, and then becomes more frequent like in your 20s and 30s. But it's it's not a serious risk. Mm -hmm. Um, Episodes can last anywhere from like a few seconds to a few minutes, which is horrifying. But I hear it sometimes it can feel like it's hours. Yeah. So when it's happening, because you are in such like an immense state of just fear and anxiety, it feels like, you know, that 30 seconds is like 10 minutes long. Yeah. It's so crazy. Um. Stress, jet lag, sleep deprivation, and and uh, panic disorder can trigger it. Um, it is not physically harmful, and you can also prevent it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what they say, but we'll get more into that later. So, the so three categories that... Um, you may experience during a sleep paralysis episode is um, the sense of an intruder. Like you may hear sounds of like doorknobs twisting, shuffling footsteps. You may see shadow people or like a sense of a threatening presence in your room. Mm-hmm. Um, you've heard of like an incubus, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you may experience pressure on your chest, difficulty breathing, and feeling as though you're being smothered, strangled, or sexually assaulted by a malevolent being. Oh, my God. You may even feel like you're about to die. Yeah. So mine kind of fits more into that category. Wow. Um, You may also experience like um, vestibular motor, which is like a sense of spinning, falling, floating, flying hovering above your body and other types of like out of body experiences. Yeah. I'm glad that's never happened to me. Like, could you imagine like seeing your body? Oh no. (laughs) So how does this happen? Right. Okay. So like while you're sleeping, your body relaxes and your voluntary muscles enter into like a form of paralysis so that they don't move. Mm -hmm. This is caused by a neurotransmitter called glycine the glycine prevents people well it prevents like your muscle it it, it paralyzes them so that basically you don't like act out your dreams and like injure yourself or you know other people or so like you know if you're like walking down a flight of stairs in your dreams you don't fucking start walking and then you know fall on something and die okay so it's like the body's like you know defense against you know injuring yourself yeah so, um, sleep paralysis involves a disruption of fragmentation of rapid eye movement, which we all, most pro- well, most of us probably know it's uh, referred to as REM, R-E-M. Mm-hmm. So, your, al- your body alternates between rapid eye movement and non-rapid eye movement when you're asleep. It's just a cycle of that. Yes. So, one... Do people like call it REM or REM? I've heard it both ways, but I don't know which one is more correct. What's the proper? I don't know. I'm going to call it REM and NREM, I guess. NREM is uh, the um, non rapid eye movement. Right. So so one cycle from REM to NREM lasts about 90 minutes. Um, Most of your time spent sleeping is in 
and REM, where your eyes are not moving. Um, and during this time, your body relaxes. And when the body transitions into REM, the eyes move back and forth quickly, and your body still stays relaxed. Okay. Do you know, is the REM sleep where you are most awake or when you're like in your deepest sleep? REM is. That's um, when you're most likely to have your dreams. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, during sleep paralysis, your body's transition to or from REM sleep is out of sync with your brain. So your consciousness is awake and aware while your body stays in the paralyzed sleep state. Mm -hmm. This causes the areas of your brain that detect threats to to become in a more heightened state and overly sensitive. So like when this is happening, you know, your body is more sensitive and, um, I guess to like things around you. So like smaller noises to your body seems like more of a bigger deal than like it would if you were awake. So, um, now I'm just kind of going to talk about, uh, like sleep paralysis, sleep paralysis through history. Um, the crazy thing about sleep paralysis It's not known to one specific culture Mm -hmm. or place or one specific time period. There have been um, reports of sleep paralysis from, you know, way earlier centuries. So it's something that's been around for a long time. Yeah. So in new, um, is it new, 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 uh, okay. Newfoundland? Yes, Newfoundland, yes. Uh, Sleep paralysis is called the old hag. Oh, Mm, yeah, I've heard of this. Yeah, okay. So uh, it's described as suddenly being awake, but your body is paralyzed. It happens usually just after falling asleep. Reports show that most people encounter feeling a heavy weight on their chest, which is sometimes sometimes accompanied by a grotesque human <sighs> or an animal sitting on, your, on top of your chest. Yeah. New founders associate this from working too hard the blood stagnating when they lay on their back or hostile feelings from another person. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, in Hong Kong, sleep paralysis is termed ghost depression. Chinese people think that the soul is most vulnerable to the influence of spirits during sleep. Yeah. So that, that's what they think is happening. Well, that's something I was going to ask you. You know, there are those people that don't believe in sleep paralysis, but more so think it is a demonic thing. That's what I think. Yeah. I don't think that. And we'll get more into why I think that mm-hmm. in a minute. But I mean, I do think that sleep paralysis can happen. But like some of the things that people see, mm-hmm. I just don't think that it's solely sleep paralysis. It's weird. So this one made me laugh when I was researching it. So throughout Europe, from the 1500s until the 1700s, sleep paralysis was often considered to be the work of witches Mm -hmm. who were accused of using their witchcraft to terrorize sleepers who had upset them in some way. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um, this became commonly referred to as being witch-ridden. Hmm. So, in 1774, a woman testified at a witch trial 
um, and said that she had found her husband in bed. And she said, lying there stiff, barely drawing breath. And when he woke up, he said, my Lord, Jesus, help me. Oh, fiery witches took me to Marimaros and they put 600 weight of salt on me. (laughs) So like, (laughs) I love the accent. (laughs) I mean, they're in Europe, so I guess I should have done more of a British accent. That sounded like a country man. (laughs) But that's what I think. My Lord, Jesus. (laughs) That's what I think when I... (laughs) When I think of like old Southern people being like, "My Lord, please, so help me." You said this is in England. Why did you just use that accent? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I should have used like a an English accent, but it wouldn't have been the same. It wouldn't have been the same. Oh, so just for today, you guys, if you're listening from Europe, you have a country Southern accent. You're welcome, JK. I'm sorry. Anyways. So now we're going to talk about common hallucinations during sleep paralysis. And the very first one I'm going to talk about is the, the main reason why I think that it's not just a sleep disorder. Okay. Yeah. So it's called the hat man. Mm-hmm. You've heard of this, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this one always scares the shit out of me. Not necessarily because it's like a shadow man wearing a fucking hat and a trench coat. Mm-hmm. But because of how often he is seen. So many people see the same apparition. Not just people in your culture. People all over the fucking world see this man. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Like, they theorize that it's due to, like, pop culture and Mm -hmm. horror movies you know, you think of like a man in a trench coat, a shadowy figure, a fucking hat. I mean, I guess. Like you think like, like one person said something about like Freddy Krueger, uh, yeah, you know? Yeah. But to that me. That reminds me. What? You know, Ansley had a, what she has always called a nightmare of Freddy Krueger when she was like four and it like traumatized her for the longest time. Hmm. I wonder could be that or it could have been scotty's dumbass fucking putting on the freddy krueger outfit well i know he did that and he did like traumatize her that's what i'm saying yeah Yeah. she was just telling me that uh, whenever i kept her the other day but i wonder though now that you said like freddy krueger it just kind of made me think like hmm, it could have been that also yeah yeah who knows um but i could kind of believe it more if like it was different variations of a shadow man with a trench coat and a hat, but because it's legit the exact same thing, that's yeah. what makes me think that it's not just a disorder. So, um, okay, where was I at? Okay. Sometimes the hat man comes alone, but... A lot of other times he's accompanied by two other shadow figures and it's like very obvious that the hat man is like the leader of the clan you know mm-hmm. um and that's scary like why do you have your goons here with you <laughs> you know um so i guess i'm gonna tell you guys about scotty's yeah. sleep paralysis paralysis uh jesus fucking christ (laughs) scotty's sleep paralysis experience okay 
Mm-hmm. So just so you guys know, I'm like asking him to, um, I asked him to like tell me about it. So as he's like telling me about it, I'm typing it. So if there's like a lot of like, like, uh, <laughs> and whatnot, it's because I'm literally typing what he was saying. You're interviewing him. Right. Yeah. So he starts off by saying, I had woken up kind of like my eyes were open. My mind was open, but my body was still asleep, you know? And like, so I'm like constricted, can't move. And the bedroom was placed with a, with a rustic. It was kind of like I was in a shed or something. There was like chains blowing in the wind, banging on the walls. And where our window is, is where he was standing. He's like wearing a trench coat and a hat like you'd seen like you'd see the undertaker wear uh-huh. and he was just i wouldn't say he was yelling but like talking to me like gandalf saying you fool you fool he kept calling me a fool then all of a sudden everything went back to normal it's not like i had woken up from a dream because i was already awake yeah so i remember mm-hmm. the day he told me about that yeah well, and I have heard that a lot of times sleep paralysis or however you want to explain it happens in times of turmoil and, uh, you know, when things are happening, mm-hmm. uh, you know, going badly. And I know in that particular, it, when that happened to him, he was going through a lot. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I erased a lot of what he said before that. <laughs> yeah. Because I didn't want to air it on here. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was definitely going through a lot of issues turmoil yeah and And, um, turmoil and he also said so it was like scotty and then titus was laying in the middle of us and there was me yeah and he said that like you know he couldn't move and he was like paralyzed watching these chains and this man just calling him a fool over and over and over and over again Uh he instantly thought like like that he was gonna wake me and titus up from screaming this and he said like the chains on the walls were so loud Oh, my God. And he was, like, scared that we were going to wake up. Yeah. You know? It's so scary, dude. It is so scary. But guess what? Like, oh, I didn't hear anything. And that would have definitely woken me up. Of course. A man standing in your window with chains. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, gosh. That's terrifying. Was there, like, a face or was it more like an apparition? I think, like, an apparition. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he couldn't really tell, like, what the guy looked like. Yeah. He just knew that he had on a hat and, like, a trench coat. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. So another thing that's common is, um, like we just said, with the old hag, mm-hmm. something sitting on your chest. A lot of the times, it's like a disgusting monster. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that's so creepy about this is, like, there are, like, paintings from centuries ago of, like, mm-hmm. women laying in beds and there being, like, a gargoyle or something, like, laying on her chest, which I actually have all my pictures saved for this episode that I'm going to send to you to yeah. put on the Instagram and whatnot. Well, speaking of the old hag, Aaron, um, my husband, used to always or has told me several stories about growing up and his nightmares, as he would say. And it was always, I can't remember what he called her, but basically like a witch Mm -hmm. that would like get in his face when he would be asleep and in his ear and make like this like cackling noise yeah and so i've always wondered if that wasn't sleep paralysis it probably was but it was a recurrent you know nightmare as he called it Mm -hmm. all of his like childhood yeah well sometimes when you have sleep paralysis like your eyes don't open like some people Mm -hmm. a lot of people their eyes do open and that's how they like 
visualize yeah but like when i had sleep paralysis i my my i guess my eyes weren't open because all i saw was black yeah i could hear things i could feel things yeah and then i guess like if your eyes aren't open you could drift back to sleep who knows Mm -hmm. because like when you have sleep paralysis you know for a fucking fact it's not a dream yeah because it's so real yeah like you don't even question it i mean i guess maybe if you're a child and you don't know any better you know oh yeah 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 Yeah. but like i'm also saying like you know, you just went back to sleep yeah yeah who knows because you know like when something happens and then you go back to sleep you kind of like did that happen yeah or? yeah um so from what i've read it's common to feel a prominent pressure on your chest your brain automatically assumes the worst which is what causes you to hallucinate something causing that sensation mm-hmm. or there really is like a fucking demon sitting on your chest mm-hmm. who knows <clears throat> Also, a lot of people see aliens. Wow. There are a lot of stories of um, people who um, are like laying in their beds and then they just see um, like an alien or two or three aliens like walk into their fucking bedroom. Oh, that's scary. Sometimes they'll like line themselves up around your bed and then other people legit think or they, they experience being taken into a UFO by these aliens that they're abducted yeah like they're supposedly hallucinating but Mm -hmm. that's just so insane to me i think i'll take the aliens over the hat man or like the old hag just saying (laughs) i don't know what i would take because it seems to me like i wouldn't want any of it but it seems to me like the hat man doesn't really interact with you too much he just kind of stands back but from like the stories i've read about aliens they always are like touching you and doing crazy shit to you and abducting you and i just don't want that yeah you know yeah (laughs) um and then it's also common to think that you are astral projecting yeah so like you're laying in bed and uh you like feel like your soul coming out of your body you float up to the ceiling and you look down and you see yourself like your body and a lot of people say that their body looks kind of like blurry Mm -hmm. like they know it's themselves but Mm -hmm. they can't really make it out too well which to me that sounds like your brain like you know you don't really see yourself all the time so it's probably kind of hard to like paint an image of yourself you know what i mean yes but that's scary to me i would hate that so the next thing i'm going to talk about is um a sleep paralysis documentary okay now i've watched this documentary with your daughter ansley Mm -hmm. and it scared the fuck out of me it scared like she was spending the night at my house i don't know like i mean she could have just been there because she wanted to be there but yeah i feel like there was a reason why she was there yeah i probably had something going on yeah and she was like let's watch the sleep paralysis documentary oh my god and how old was she she's such a weirdo it's when we lived in covington so like 10 at, yeah probably. yeah and i was just like okay cool like yeah i'd like to know more about the horrible thing that i experienced a few years ago yeah dude okay i wanted to watch that documentary again to kind of do some research on it to put into this podcast but i'm telling you guys right now i couldn't make it like I think I made it like five minutes in and I was like, no, really I'm not doing this to myself again because for months, months and months, I was so fearful 
that I was going to have sleep paralysis, that I did not sleep. I was just constantly worried. And like in the documentary, it talks about like, you know, um, having sleep paralysis when you think that you haven't even tried to go to sleep. Like you're just sitting on the couch and all of a sudden you just start seeing shit. And then like when it, you know, when you come back, you know, you realize that I, I guess you had fallen asleep, but you don't really know. Oh yeah. And I was so scared that that shit was going to happen to me. So I did not watch it again. And if you want to watch it, it's not on Netflix anymore, but if you type in the nightmare, like a sleep paralysis documentary, Mm -hmm. you can find it. Like you can watch it on, I think it was like YouTube that I watched it on. So like the first five minutes, but it's the whole like hour long documentary. Okay. So I'm going to read to you like the overview of it. Okay. So, The Nightmare is a documentary horror film exploring the phenomenon of sleep paralysis through the eyes of eight very different people. These people often find themselves trapped between the sleeping and waking worlds, totally unable to move but aware of their surroundings while being subject to frequently disturbing sights and sounds. Um, a strange element to these visions is that despite the fact that they know nothing of one another, many see similar ghostly shadow men. Mm-hmm. This is one of many reasons many people insist this is more insist that this is more than just a sleep disorder. The documentary digs deep into not only the particulars of these eight people's uncanny experiences, but it also explores their search to understand what they've gone through and how it's changed their lives so it sounds interesting but i'm kind of scared dude uh <laughs> yeah i would not watch it again so okay. it really did scare me a lot um i do recommend it though honestly even though like i was really scared for that long amount of time and i like refused to watch it again it was very informative it really does make you think differently about it and mm-hmm. makes you like feel for those who do have frequent bouts of sleep paralysis i may check it out but then i'm scared i'm gonna have sleep paralysis (laughs) well they talk about that in there like so um the second person that they are interviewing so like the first eight stories one by each of them they talk about their first encounter with sleep paralysis Mm -hmm. so The second guy talks about how he was dating this girl and like she was like telling him about her sleep paralysis experiences and he's like, that's weird. And then he starts having it. Yeah. And then they're (gasps) asleep together in bed one day and he wakes up and he was like hearing the sound that sounds like like a washer machine. Mm -hmm. And then he sees like all these crazy colors just going around his room. And he couldn't move, couldn't do anything. And he said that he, like, thought that, like, if he didn't, like, flip over onto his girlfriend, that he was going to die. Holy crap. Yeah. And so he, like, was trying to flip over onto her, finally does it. But when he, like, wakes up, he's still laying on his back. Like, he That's never flipped. That's nuts, yeah. dude. What? <laughs> we need to get mom to tell some of her stories. I think a lot of what your mom has experienced has is sleep been. paralysis, yeah. Or demons. Yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah. Whatever you want to call this weird shit. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to tell you guys about my experience. Mm. 
okay <laughs> i think i was like 16 have you had more than one experience just one just that one yeah okay. thank god yeah um so 16 and i'd come home from school and it i was just so fucking tired for some reason and like i was never the person to take a nap mm-hmm. when i was a teenager i did not sleep I thought that sleeping was like a waste of time. Okay. Sounds like my child. <laughs> right. <laughs> so for me to want to take a nap, I must have been exhausted. Okay. Right. So I lay down in my bed and my bed at the house that I was living at was like right across from the kitchen. So like if I'm trying to sleep, I can hear everybody in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I wake up. I cannot move. I cannot breathe everything is black even though i'm trying to open my eyes i can't see anything it's just black is this at night or is this daytime it's during the day yeah well it was like evening like probably around like six o'clock okay um initially i thought that i had um so like when i would go to sleep back then i would like lay down and i'd kind of put the blanket like over half of my face like from like the bottom of my nose down Mm mm-hmm so for whatever reason, I thought that like the blanket had wrapped around my neck mm-hmm. and was like choking, choking me. You. Yeah. And like the blanket was like draped over my face and that's why I couldn't breathe. see. Yeah. Well, I couldn't breathe because it was choking me. Yeah. And I was trying to move and I couldn't move and I was trying to scream for my mom who I could hear in the kitchen. Yeah. I could hear her and like two of my siblings just like making dinner and talking about their days and blah, 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 blah. I couldn't move. I couldn't, nothing, dude. I couldn't breathe. Like, every time I would try to take a breath, it would be like something was just blocking my breath. And I remember thinking in my head, the one fucking time I decide to take a nap, I'm gonna it fucking die. kills me. <laughs> yeah. Like, it really is a waste of my fucking time. Oh, man. And I just kept thinking, I'm gonna die. I can't believe that this is how I'm going to die. And mm-hmm. I just kept saying that over and over again in my head. And then eventually I was like, you know, if I was really being like choked out right now, I don't really feel like my thinking would be this clear. Yeah. Cause I was thinking perfectly fine. Yeah. So I remember I was like trying to move my arm. Just, I just kept focusing on my arm and eventually I just like came to. Wow. And there was nothing wrapped around my neck. The blanket was like at my waist and. So something was choking you. And I legit ran in there to my mom just sobbing telling her about what just happened to me mm-hmm. and how like you know like during that i was like just so hoping that my mom would come in there and save me yeah and she never did because she didn't know there's something wrong she probably just thought i was still asleep which i guess i was but i feel like i mean clearly this has been going on for centuries and centuries but i feel like the name sleep paralysis and really people researching and knowing about it has been in recent years Mm -hmm. so back then i mean even if you would have told somebody they just would have been like what the hell like i don't think they would have even known what it was or like a witch is doing this to you right right i also i don't know why i didn't but i also read some stuff about how like the inuits think it's like shamans or something like that i don't really remember too much but like every culture has a different reason for why it happens that it's so odd just that it's that frequent and Mm -hmm. with people everywhere and the fact that they all see the same thing is terrifying yeah you know my dad had an episode where he uh felt somebody sit down at the end of the bed and then he was choked 
in his sleep. Yeah. Yeah, see. So my whole family has experienced this shit. Mm-hmm. You know, Madeline has. Yeah. Eric has. Um, literally every single, my parents and both of my siblings have experienced this and I have not. Yeah, well, count your fucking lucky stars because yeah. Madeline tells me some, she told me one time about some fucking crackheads outside her window when yeah. she was having sleep paralysis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Eric being choked and mm-hmm. oh my gosh. The choking thing is so scary to me because like, and so prevalent with these stories. You think you are dying. Ugh. You think you're fucking dying. Like, I legit, dude, I can't express this enough. Like, I knew I was going to die. Yeah. Like, I just knew that in my heart that that was going to be the last thing I ever knew of this world. How terrifying to be laying there and hearing your family and just internally, like, begging for help. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows nobody can hear you nobody knows what's happening i was like my mom is gonna come in here and, and wake me up dead. for dinner and i'm gonna be cold and dead yeah and that's what my mom is gonna get this evening <sighs> yeah it was really bad dude like it, it fucked me up for a long time i'm glad it hasn't happened to you again i mean back then at 16 what did you think it was well i mean i thought that it was my blanket killing me <laughs> i mean like later were you like well this is what i think happened did your mom have an explanation for you no she didn't really even seem like she was she really like grasped the like amount of anxiety Severity. yeah and um i immediately googled it because is I, that when you realized what sleep paralysis was mm-hmm, okay. yeah because i uh like when i realized the blanket wasn't around my throat i was like well there has to be something else going on yeah. and i didn't i didn't instantly think anything like paranormal or demonic or whatever <clears throat> um so i just googled it and it was like the first thing i read and i was like that's definitely what just happened to me wow so I'm glad that I got the answers for that because, like, in this documentary, they are saying, like, you know, it has it's happened to them for decades and they had no idea what was happening to them until, like, you know, Google really came around and they're, like, Googling it and they're, like, oh, my God, I have Other sleep paralysis have and this. I'm not a fucking alone in this world. <clears throat> yeah. Which brings me to my last point. It's an artist named Nicholas Bruno. Mm-hmm. He documents his experiences of sleep paralysis using photography. Ooh. Um, he had his first ever uh, sleep paralysis experience when he was seven years old. And by the time he was 15, they were a nightly occurrence. Oh, no. Poor thing. So his professor encouraged him to create and maintain a sleep journal so that he had a visual representation to try and decode the symbols and characters during these episodes. Um, and he found that like water was a huge piece in his um, experiences. Mm. So like being underwater symbolized being asleep while being above water symbolized being awake. So like his body would be standing in the water. Mm-hmm. And I guess that like represented how like he was in between being asleep and awake. Like his right. mind is outside of the water. So it's like awake, but his body yeah. is underwater. So it's asleep. That makes sense. Yeah. So... Now I just kind of have some ways for you to try and prevent sleep paralysis. Okay. So try to get six to eight hours of sleep regularly. Mm-hmm. Have a bedtime routine where you try and go to sleep at the same time every night and get up at the same time every day. Mm-hmm. Um, regularly exercise. I say that about fucking everything. <laughs> but not in the four hours before you go to sleep. 
Okay. Don't eat a big meal, smoke, or drink alcohol or caffeine before going to sleep. Well, what fun is that? I know, right? (laughs) Like, I smoke a cigarette as I'm falling asleep. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I do not do that. Um, And then trying not to sleep on your back, because for whatever reason, sleeping on your back can, like... Which is so crazy, because that's the only way I can sleep, because of my shoulder issues. You know what's crazy is I was sleeping on my back when I had uh, sleep paralysis, but... um, I usually lay on my stomach or my side now. So maybe that's why I haven't really had it. Mm. I don't know. Um, so this guy's photography, I'm actually, those are some of the things that I am going to post or I'm you're going to post. Yeah. They're really creepy, dude. Yeah. And he does it all by himself. Like he doesn't have people doing it with them because he wants, like he said, I watched a little like, you know, 10 minute video of him talking about it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, it's a visual representation of experiences that he has gone through. Right. And so he wants to be the one to be in the pictures, you know. That's amazing. I I cannot wait to see. They're really cool. Mm -hmm. And so he like does it. um, Like there's a whole process of how he does it because sometimes there's multiple people Mm -hmm. in the photographs, but it's all just him. Wow. Yeah, it's really cool. Like this guy is super talented. talented. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's all I have on sleep paralysis. And um, I will say, though, guys, if you have experienced sleep paralysis, um, I would love to hear your stories. That would be great listener juice. Yes. If you guys want to send those into our listener juice episode or Jesus to our email we will read them yeah for a listener juice episode because that shit just it fascinates me well i mean as prevalent as it is we should have plenty of submissions too and listen we are getting low on listener juice stories mm-hmm. so send them in yes please do um anything else exciting that we need to mention we have a q a coming up a what q a oh <laughs> send in your questions it can yeah. be about Brooke. It can be about me. It can be about our podcast in general. If you want to know about our equipment, if you want to know what kind of shoes we wear, <laughs> if you. That have, will be. Hold on. I'm looking at our list. Uh, the Q&A. Shoot. Did I even put that on our list? I don't know, but it'll be coming up soon. I think it's on the 12th of October. 12th of October. Mm, nope no maybe it is yeah maybe it is but i just didn't write it down okay i've got a list behind me of all our upcoming episodes um but anyway yeah it's coming so send in your story or uh questions anything you'd like to ask us please it can be anything 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 unless some things we probably will not read yeah we might (laughs) skip over some of them but still ask anyways because you never know yeah um you can join our awesome Facebook group that's always popping. Thanks to our amazing supporters. Mm-hmm. They're constantly posting shit in there and it always has me laughing. Yes. During hard times or during good times. And I love seeing everybody interacting with each other. Mm-hmm. We haven't really had any issues no. with people in there. Like we everybody really just kind of gets along. Oh, um, real quick mm-hmm. uh, before we shout out all of our uh, social media 
one more time, just thank you so, so much, Mary Babylon and Ashley Clark for sponsoring this episode. Yes, guys, thank you so much. And to everybody um, who is sponsoring our episodes for the remainder of the year. Um, I posted a quick status asking for sponsors and uh, we filled the year really quickly. So we'll begin asking for sponsors again, probably in November or December uh, for the year 2021. Yeah. So get you a spot on uh, future episodes. We'd love to shout you out. Yes. And we also just thank you for listening in general. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, also military episode. Yes. We've said this once. We've said it twice. We've said it a hundred times. If you have, um, you know, it, it really doesn't even need to be just sexual abuse. Like if you're being harassed anyway in the military, mm-hmm sexually physically um mentally mentally send us your stories if you want like to shed some light on that like if if you are willing to share your story to kind of bring light on this issue we would really Mm -hmm. appreciate it you will totally 100 percent be anonymous unless you state otherwise Mm -hmm. we do have a uh, military special just regarding uh regarding the uh sexual assault issue we have in our country um with the military and that will be airing looks like our recording will be on 927 so it'll air the 28th wow so that'll uh be our little special episode that comes after after Sixteen. What? So like this, this episode, this week, and like, well, I guess you have three weeks. I guess to send us send some stories for that. Yeah. If you do want it aired. Yeah. So we would love to hear them. We would love to support you. Again, you will remain one thousand percent anonymous. Yes, we promise. So our Facebook group is, um, for God's sake, don't drink the Jones juice. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. Um, our Instagram. Don't drink the Jones juice. Our TikTok. Don't drink the Jones juice. Our store frontier. Storefrontier.com slash don't drink the Jones juice. Yes. And then is that it? Oh, and, 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 and Alyssa added a couple of kids teas to our merch store. I thought you, when you said Alyssa added up a couple of kids, I was like, what? <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> a couple of kids t-shirts in the Store Frontier store. Yes. So go check those out. Get your kids in some of our merch. It's both of the Kool-Aid shirts. It's the tie-dye one, which they would not let us do tie-dye in the kids shirt. I know, sad. And then the Kool-Aid man, like the Kool-Aid man, the Kool-Aid writing, whatever, that one, both of those we've made into kids shirts. Um, We might make the other ones into kids shirts upon request, but I mean, I guess we Mm -hmm. just didn't really think that a lot of people would be buying our shirts for their kids, but But hey, we're about it. If you have any requests also for, you know, uh, shirts something you'd like to see on a shirt a certain color that you like let us know because we're always down to make new merch we're here for you for show (laughs) (laughs) i guess that's all of our socials right our socials yep our socials i guess we need to give them our ssns (laughs) okay um I guess that's it. Um, This is a very long episode. It's like two hours long. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. And for God's sake, don't drink the Jones juice.